welcome to what we promised you. Uh, we're going to bring you Y Hockey recaps of every game in this Panthers Lightning series. Matt and your friend Tommy are back to talk about this game a little bit later than maybe we would have gotten some recaps out, but uh, last night's game was incredibly exhausting, so I had to sleep for 12 hours afterwards. It's going to be hard to keep up that pace and intensity for every period of the series, but it was incredible to watch them keep it up for three periods last night. So You know what I think was incredible? Not too upset. I think it was incredible in general that you're looking up and down Twitter and you're seeing almost unanimous praise. Like, this is high level. This is, like, some of the highest level hockey you could possibly see. And if, if I'm Gary Bettman, I'm like, that's what I want my game to look like. You don't need line brawls. You don't need, you know, New York Islander well, defensive hockey. That is the kind of hockey you want to see in the playoffs. Disagree. Not to be too contrarian here, but uh, it was it was good. I mean, as far as the other series, it has that initial out-of-the-box hate level. Um, and, you know, some of the series are good matchups. You know, you you're, we're... You know, New York and Pittsburgh are good matchups, and they kind of do hate each other, you know, historically with that big brawl they had on the island that one year and and all that. But it it just – Washington-Boston, like, it just didn't – doesn't have that same level uh, of of hate and uh, at the current moment, like, bubbling over. And that's what really – I wish there was a fight or something because I was really just tired of the Tampa Bay guys just – all right, here's Shiruto, here's Barkov, here's Verhage, here's Duclair. I'm just going to grab him, grapple with him, wrestle him, throw him to the ground, and at worst, I'm, I know it's the playoffs, so they'll just call it even up. Um, that, that was kind of frustrating. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that because I have some you thoughts. Know, at, at some point, Florida's going to have to respond with how do they want to handle that? Do they want to keep doing what they're doing, which is just kind of struggling to get through and fight through and then every once in a while oblige and take the uh the matching minors and and play four and four uh just to kind of stand the ground a little or you know or do you just send gudas down and just you know start doing the same thing i mean i, I think it was only one time gudas did did something similar to to pat maroon um and the refs let it go and you know it's just that kind of chess gamesmanship that's going to happen over the course of this series that we kind of have to let unfold um before we start you know getting too critical and uh you know start i guess trying to influence the what's going on on the ice so to speak well we talked about moments right uh, in in our preview we said moments are so critical and in this series against a team like tampa who's done this so many times you know, they, what happened to them in that Columbus series taught them a valuable lesson. We saw it in the bubble. They learned, here's how you have to win in the playoffs. You have to be able to keep your cool when the other team is trying to drive you insane. And there were times last night when the Panthers did that, and then there were times when they didn't, and that's when it cost them. And we'll get to the Sam Bennett hit in a second and how yeah. some inconsistencies I, I'm seeing. And the Lightning did that. And the Panthers, as I said, that was one of those things that I worried about. Two things coming into this was would the Panthers be too amped? Would they be too excited? Would that mean they and were overzealous? They do a few too many things and make mistakes from too much adrenaline. And that happened at times. And the second was yeah. knowing that gamesmanship. And Tampa's clearly better at it now. And you hope after game one and what is about to happen to Sam Bennett probably, 
that they're going to learn their lesson and they need to be better for game two in that regard. Be- and I think that's a key point in this series is whether the Panthers can respond in that way. We know they can compete on a skill level and a pace level, but it's that gamesmanship level. Can they compete? Yeah, before we talk about the refs, which I think it would be good to get out of the way early, I just want to say, you know, if I'm Quinville, the coaching staff, Zito, who, whom, whomever, the message in the locker room is is pretty simple. Uh, you played a good game. You can beat these guys. You're still in it. You know, don't change much. Uh, there's just little tweaks and a, and a little more focus, or, you know, we just have to do a little more of, you know what we were doing is is what the message should be uh you know you look at the disallowed goal however you feel about it uh you you put you know with the dis they still you had the disallowed goal and they're looking really nice that you know they're in, in that game um well the one thing i liked a lot about of that things, last night was their response ahead. to that they gave up a shorthanded goal and immediately after they score immediately after they respond i was worried about that like are they going to get in their own heads are they going to get butt yeah. hurt and boo-boo faced? No. And then what yeah, happened after I, a, a less than decent second period? Two goals immediately to start the third. Their response in that game was very good. They respond right. to punches in that regard very well. So that was right. impressive. I like that. Yeah. Now, now the thing is, you know, counteract, you know, Tampa Bay is reading and reacting and, and making adjustments and responding and, and picking out different things. Uh, I mean, they were definitely, as the game went on, putting pressure, as we talked about, on that second D who was activating and looking and pinpointing and trying to jump it. Uh, and it ended up winning them the game. Exactly. Uh, so it's kind of like, okay, now how does Quinville, who's been pretty good over the year at pushing the right buttons, despite some personnel match personnel decisions and matchups we, you know, we may disagree with, you know, as far as pushing buttons, he's pretty good with, how is he going to respond, you know, with schemes and, you know, strategy uh, and, and evolve to how Tampa responded. Uh, you know, there's easy stuff they can do. Stay out the box. There's, you know, yes. obviously the refs weren't great. Why, you know, and, and the league isn't being great because McDonough's hit was worse than Bennett. Maybe Bennett should have a hearing for his hit. I, I'm not going to disagree that. I'm not going to spend time talking about it. But if Bennett is, I expected McDonough to as well. Uh, I thought McDonough should have been a five. Uh, maybe that was a little biased for the Panthers, but uh, you know, I thought it was I, I, pretty bad, it, it and I didn't high. like the Bennett that hit. McDonough hit looked worse than Bennett's hit. Now I understand why. I mean, the, there is the retaliation because of what Coleman did earlier in the shift. Yeah, but what but, do you think? What do you think? I mean, like in the same for the but the same thing happened. The players. Oh, the the, the, they, the exact same play. Yeah. bad hit along the boards. When you see the numbers, you can't and, make and that play. Me, and to me, McDonough's coming in with way more intent than Bennett there. And that's the only reason I would say that's – and I don't think any suspension worthy. I thought one was a borderline five and the other one was a two. Um, and But, you know, the refs didn't lose that game. If we look at the, the, overturned, the overturned call, um, you know – you can argue Vasilevsky should have been stronger on his skates and everything. Um, for a lot, I, I haven't played the position, so I can't really tell if he should be able to at his size and everything, 
you know, keep that out. But the NHL has been 100% consistent lately with if a stick pokes forward the pad into the net and the puck goes into the net as a result because of that puck, that pad being moved by the stick, um, it, they disallow the goal. Uh, and so you kind of have to play to those standards and just accept that. If that happened to the Panthers, I would not want the goal to stand. I think that for me, I would have rather them called it a goal and then the Lightning challenged it and overturned it. That that would have been my thing because we have review for that situations. We have a coach's challenge. John Cooper would have certainly challenged it, and I and bet he would have won. I yes, would have been still annoyed, but I don't like in that speed, right? I, I, I would have rather that have been a we give you the goal and then we'll challenge it, and then if they overturned it, I would have been like, okay, you know what? When we saw that one angle from the other side of the ice facing towards Vasilevsky, I'm like, okay, I can see it. I just don't like that being the call in real time. The yeah. game is moving so fast. I, yeah, I just don't I, think that's a I, – I think that's a tough call in the moment, particularly after what had, you know, what, what was a, yeah. well, what was about to transpire. That, that to me, that's the only gripe. I, I didn't hate that call. And because so, there were other calls later in the game that I disliked more, you know, that, 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 and they responded immediately, so it didn't really change the tenor of the game that much. Yeah, because the, each the, team took leads, you know. The non-call and Forsling stick breaking, the the that was bad. the leg check, the the leg check on Achari in the neutral zone, I thought were also the two bad. worst. Um, there were a couple, there were a couple times where I thought, um, you know, they easily could have called Tampa for a penalty, and instead they evened it up. And then when they did call one instead of evens, it was more on the Panthers. And I didn't like that. I thought it was uh, – the officiating wasn't good. But, you know, despite the officiating, despite whatever you think of Bobrovsky, the Panthers could have, should have, and maybe will win that game if it happens again this series. Uh, and there's no reason to have – any mentality other than keep going, you know, let's tie this up. Let's get right back at it. I'd maybe uh, make a little, maybe make a lineup change or, or two. Well, they might be uh, you know. Because I think if Sam Bennett's getting a hearing, he's probably getting suspended for a game. Well, we'll see. I mean, they might just be doing the hearing to, to make a public show of it. And, you know, we'll see. I don't want to. Yeah, he'll probably get a game. We know. We're recording this but before we know. My, again, if the fact that he is going to get suspended, and the fact that like him or McDonough for their hits would get suspended, where Tom Wilson for what he did gets a fine, I just, I don't understand how. Like it, it's it's Mickey Mouse. It really consistency. is consistency. What's that? Yeah, exactly. So, but they didn't lose that, that because of the refs. I, I just want to make that clear. Yeah, and you have to expect it as Florida. You came into the series knowing that's the Stanley Cup champions. That's the new Pittsburgh Penguins for the NHL. Like I said, it's going to be the Flyers versus the Penguins. You're going to have to beat Gary Bettman. You're going to have to beat the officials. You're going to have to beat Tampa Bay's power play. You're going to have to beat, uh, you Absolute know. Convention. Yeah, you're going to have to beat it. And you can complain, you can do all that stuff. Save it for the offseason, though, because right now, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. All that matters is beating them. 
And, you know, what? how do they respond when Denny Savard just grabs... David Savard. Whatever. I mean... Close enough. Serge Savard, I, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, man. That was a good one. Uh, so when, when Savard, you know, just grapples and, and just pulls one of the good players out of the play and basically turns it into a four-on-four for a meantime, what do you do? How are the Panthers going to respond? And as a team... They have to have that answer. Quinville and the leadership have to come with the answer, and then it's up to the players to stick to it. And whether they want to play whistle to whistle or whether they want to keep egging stuff on and playing on the line and just going for it and just hope over the course of the series, the punishment and all of that favors Florida you know, by games five and six versus Tampa, that's up to them. And you know, I trust them to make that decision right now. Things are going Florida's way. It doesn't look like it, maybe because of the result and you know the 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 high of coming back, taking the lead, Huberto's uh, offense and stuff, uh, and then and then the loss like that one, is a one of the huge other things. One of the other things off. I liked about this game was that we you know when for a team like the Panthers when you're coming into the playoffs you you need your big players to step up. Boy, Barkoff and Huberto, despite the fact they were getting hacked every five seconds, had a just they were, great games. Yeah, they were, you know, for all intents and purposes, Kucherov last year good. And that's what the Panthers need them to be to have a shot. And what they're going to need in games two and three is somebody else to do something. I mean, yeah, like other players made plays off of those guys. Um, but I was a little disappointed in that third line. I don't. I, I think Hornquist is the type of guy that needs to play second or fourth just with the way they, our third line's going to have to be constructed. I just think he kind of slows them down and makes them play a style that they're going to get exposed playing. I agree uh, with you. That two, was something I was thinking you know, about just, last night. It's just a, a mismatch where I think, you know, if you put him in with Marchman, if you put him in uh, you know, Marchman and Achari, I think that's going to have much more success. You know uh, that's a that's a good shout, and I agree with you because I was watching that third line last night. I'm like, this this doesn't have the the giddy up, the oomph that it needs to. And I'm like, you know, that probably requires you can't really scratch Hornquist because you need him in these kind of games. He's perfect no. for this kind of series, but you need to move him down, I think, because that fourth line is already there to grind you out, you know, and to be that change yeah, of pace line compared that to the third fourth line. line. That fourth line is still getting good minutes and still getting offensive. Oh, Achari was great last night. Achari yeah. was great. I mean, that's what you. I mean, whatever you want to say about Noel Achari or players like Mason Marchman, that's what you have them for. You know, that's why you play that group in this game. They were they were great. They did what they were supposed to. I didn't even hate Ryan Lombard. But, I thought that was going to be bad, and it wasn't that yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you could also argue, and again, like when Bennett drilled the the lightning guy and i and i saw it on replay and everything i was like yeah that's a penalty but whatever i don't care like i was just so fed up but uh, that you know that adds up and that can hurt you and having a having a lomberg in the lineup having a marshman in the lineup having that mentality and stirring the pot and feeling that you always have to answer that bell um, and having guys in the lineup that are telling other players to answer that bell just by example and stuff like that, uh, you know, does that hurt, help or hurt the Panthers? I, I'm kind of 50-50. I go back and forth. 
Um, I, think I think at times it helps, but then yeah. then what happens is when you're when you're in a game like that and you know the officials are already on the lookout for this kind of thing, and you know on the on the bench you got to know we cannot give them power plays because they're going to do what they did. All those power play goals were unstoppable. There's nothing you could do about any of that. But you have yeah. to. And the goal for the Panthers now is knowing that Tampa's got you know what they have. You have to say we cannot take penalties. We have to be the ones who needle them. It's needling. It's towing up to the line and making Tampa the ones who can go up. They've got players who are going to step over the line. Coleman's going to do it. Pat Maroon's going to do it. You know, they've got players who you can get the red mist, if I'm going to use a soccer phrase, you know, that will make them make bad decisions. And you can, and the Panthers have a good enough power play to take advantage of that too. So you just have to be the one that wins the specialty teams battle by causing them to make stupid decisions. And at some point you need, and I'm saying like, I understand why you're playing a Lomberg in a game like that. But to me, especially if Bennett's going to be out for game two, you need to have the extra skill in the lineup to be the ones who could force the lightning into making dumb decisions. That's what you got to do. And I think in some ways you can do it with brute force, but in other ways, I think you got to do it with skill. And it's, it's a choice to see which way the Panthers want to go. And, it, again, I don't know what the best decision is because in that game, that was a dead-even game with the Lightning winning the little moments here and there. The Panthers, I thought, when it was 5-on-5, five five, were a little bit better than Tampa, and they played them close. It's specialty teams where it killed them, and they need to be just focused on the little, as you said, the little moments, focused on not getting going over the line and taking the penalties. That's important. You need to focus on being disciplined in those little moments on the game-winning goal. Why are the defensemen halfway up the boards in the offensive zone? You've got 90 seconds left in a tie game in the third period. I understand that's how you play, but it's that little game management moment there yeah. where you're like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Because yeah. a yeah. second earlier, you saw Bobrovsky have to make two saves on a similar kind of play to Sorelli. You don't need to do that. Take your chances in overtime. You know, that's the kind of game management we're talking about. And I, and I pointed it out. I said, the Lightning know how to win in the playoffs. And when we talk about knowing how to win in the playoffs, that's what we're talking about. It's the little game management moments. And the Panthers, I'm not surprised they don't know how to do it yet because this team hasn't been in the playoffs. Joe Quendell's been there. But there are the players where you're reacting on instinct and you're reacting on systems and repetitions. This team is not yet there. But now after game one, you have to say, okay, can you be better at that than you were in the first game? And I don't think the Panthers are going to change the way that they play. That would be anathema. You know, they're going to keep playing the way that they do. And because it worked, you know, they got four goals on Vasilevsky. They arguably had better chances than the Lightning in large regard. They were, they played a good game. The Lightning were a little better in the moments, but that doesn't mean that the game doesn't reverse in game two. And I, I, and the Panthers, I, I know Joe Quendell's not going to change too much. And that's probably the right decision. It's just a matter of keeping those players in check for those little moments when you need, you need to be able to do that. Another yeah. way to, another way of looking at changing things is you don't want to expend that card so early. I mean, it's game one of the playoffs. If you start, you know, throwing in a lot of your changes or a lot of, you know, how many times have we seen Quinville know like the right little tune to, to get the team going? Uh, and, and everything he knows when the best impact to do you know moving Pissick up when the best time to do that was 
and you have to trust that like those little changes he's going to understand too uh and, and i definitely trust it more in the you know those little changes and, and, and adapting that stuff in the postseason than i do with uh some of the you know personnel decisions i in the regular season where i think he kind of is more comfortable going on autopilot and, and going with his gut uh than experimenting so you know i, I We'll see. Um, I, I want you know, to know very, very quickly. Is basically yeah. what they're looking for. Yeah. Well, can they do that? And, and you don't really change they, much. What happened when they lost 6 1 to Tampa earlier in the year? Their response game, they went on the road. I know they didn't have Kucherov in that game, but they went. They had a little struggle early, and then they won the game. You know, they were up 5 1. They gave up three goals, but that was their response, and they proved that they can do that. So I see no reason why they can't do that. Are you. Like does, all right. So let's just this Kucherov thing with the cap hit. Like, does that bother you? Because it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't bother me. It it is one of those situations where this is. I also think that we're not taking into account the situation that this year provides because it's a fifty-six game weird pandemic season. Like, I don't know if you could get away with that for an eighty-two game season next year. Yeah, but I don't mind it because to agree to it for a full season to sit out. You know what yeah, I mean? Cause you, cause you'd have, cause yeah, because you yeah, yeah, you would have to yeah, because would Kucherov's injury had been you could yeah. put him on LTIR. I mean the light and again this is the league you can do this. It's not like the league is going to fundamentally retroactively in the in a CBA that they can't renegotiate change this. This is what the league has said is okay. And listen, I don't. You could argue ethics of it, but good teams don't care about that because that's not the that's not their issue. It allowed the Lightning to essentially get another crack at it because they knew we're going to make the playoffs. It doesn't matter. We need him for when we need it the most, which is Kucher. And that's fair enough. It's fine. I'm not going to complain about it. Good teams do that. Smart teams. The Leafs weaponize LTIR all the time. You know, Vegas essentially kind of does that. All the good teams yeah. find their little ways of getting ahead. And there's nothing wrong with that. If it's legal, do it. I don't care. Again, ethics, who cares? You're winning the Stanley Cup. There's a lot of things that aren't ethical that people would do to win the Stanley Cup. It doesn't, doesn't bother me. And for, for the Panthers, it can't, bother, it can't bother them. They just, I mean, Stamkos was kind of invisible-ish last night. So I don't think he's 100% healthy. And we also yeah. know Hedman's not 100% healthy either. Kucherov, I don't, listen, even if they weren't in the lineup, the Lightning are still good. It doesn't matter. You know, that's what good teams do. Um, I do want to wrap up on a couple points uh, briefly because we don't want to make these forever long recaps because we're going to do a bunch of them. And we also have a special podcast coming midweek that'll be a palate cleanser for you while uh, you cool off from these games. Uh, Fans last night, spectacular. Spectacular. I want to say um, we we have, you know, we hear all the time about how Panthers fans are bad. Uh, you can't tell me Panthers fans are bad after you heard 9,600 last night in that building sounding like 25,000. That was an electric I mean, yes, but the 9,600 screaming Panthers fans that usually are in the upper bowl displaced around the arena, eh, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, the, it, I enjoyed the good, atmosphere. It's a good atmosphere. I was pumped to see it. It definitely helps the team. I think the home ice advantage mattered because of that. And I, I think I said it on the last podcast, but I, I, I didn't see something last night that like made me think, Oh wow, this is something I didn't know about Florida. Fans. No, no, no. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that because we didn't know. I'm saying it because people outside our little bubble 
we're like, I oh think, wow. I I think people are gonna look are gonna see though that you know ninety six hundred that that's a number that they think Florida Panthers can routinely get because they routinely get more than that when it's a hundred you know hundred percent. I think I think it was people I, but, didn't realize that 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 fan base could create that atmosphere. We've also talked about it on this show before. Like the BB&T Center is a great place to see a game. It is a really good rink to go to to watch a game live and. Uh, and we know because we've been there for games where there are a lot of people, even if it's other fans. You know, that building rocks. That is an underrated great building to see a game in. And, I mean, it, last night kind of proved it. And I also think it's, it's one of those things where, like, Panthers fans have been waiting a long time for this. They want, they, this was, like, their moment, and they stepped up. And I, I'm saying that not because we didn't know that. I'm saying it because I think people who are neutrals who are watching this didn't know that. You know, and it's like, you can watch all these other games, and you're like, we know what Vegas fans are like and Pittsburgh fans are like. We know all these fans. But then for Panthers fans to come out and, and to do that, I, I, I thought it was good on the diehards who deserved this moment. Yeah. You know, this, is, this, it, this was for the diehards. This was it, for the people who had been there and now got a chance to, to take their victory lap, and they did. And not, not to be a curmudgeon, like I think, you know, given the limitations, if you put 10,000 people in Vegas, 10,000 10, fans in Florida, I am full confident that Florida can go head to head with that experience. I'm not saying they can't like what I, I just, um, uh, you know, I, I, mean, I get your, I get your point, but I, I thought it was notable to me. Not that we didn't, I was, and, and, you know, another positive point, I was more impressed that the ice I didn't really notice the ice that much. Well, they brought in gigantic air conditioning units, can like the size of Brown County. Can they leave them in all the time? Uh, you know, I don't think it would be a terrible idea. Yeah, the ice was good last night. And, you, and got, I, you know, you have a skilled team. The ice has to be pristine for Barkov. And well, as opposed, to, as opposed to Doug McClain, who literally told the Zamboni drivers, flood this thing 70 times because yeah. they played trap hockey. Yeah, um, and... Yeah. Yep, exactly. So, so, and the one other thing before we get out, and we do have to mention goaltending briefly, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because you know what we think about this. Uh, the goaltending last night, I thought, from both teams was very, very good. Even though you give up nine goals, sometimes you can have a great game and give up four goals. And Vasilevsky had a great game and gave up four goals. And Bobrovsky had a very good game and gave up four goals. And there were, there were some people who were talking about it. And, again, if you switch to Drieger, you can't go back unless he gets hurt. So pull. We know what a bad Bobrovsky game looks like. We've seen it. Wait to pull him when you need to, and that was the point you were making about Joe Quenville knowing what the right card is to play when to play it. I mean, of the five goals, can you stop the three power play goals? No. Can you stop well two or breakaways? Not really. Again, Vasilevsky made great saves and gave up four goals. Goaltending last he, night was pretty good. My my thoughts on Bobrovsky is you wished he saved one of the breakaways, but breakaways are pretty hard, and more than penalty shots favor the shooter. And uh, I, you know, it's not like Blake Coleman's move and that backhand shot isn't hard to read and doesn't have high x, you know, expected goals. Keith Yandel kind of stood there yeah. and watched. But you know, like they're like at some point, like these are good players Tampa and Tampa's offense these guys they're like it's a little bit of a misnomer to think that like Tampa is all skill they score a lot of goals up and down the lineup because outside of Kucherov and Stamkos are guys that just score through sheer skill uh and when those guys aren't scoring through sheer skill 
they do the creative things. They do the hardworking things to score goals, like the little puck movements before the release on the shots, taking a lot of backhands, which are harder for goalies to read, and going you know, east to west while taking the backhands and use, using screens to, to, dis, to disguise their backhands so it's even harder to read. And, you know, when you put all that together with breakaways and odd man rushes and sustained levels of attack, which Florida, you know, in the second period, they got caught out in the long change a few times. And that is fatigue factor on Bobrovsky. That's fatigue factor on the D. And you, you start to see their decision making, you know, they start running to, to go after hits and, and bodies and trying to break up the cycle. And while, yes, that can result in a free puck and, and going the other way, it also definitely can lead to, like it did last night, a goal against where you, you kind of rotate out and the puck moves faster than anybody can skate. And it's hard to recover once, you know, the team is anticipating and that puck's just ahead of you. You're chasing uh, and very quickly it goes into a bad area. And well, that's what the Bobrovsky, Dreger, Knight, it, I, I think that game, any goalie gives up four or five. It's hard. Dreger could have made saves up on some of those breakaways, just like Knight could have. Just and like then maybe he gives too. up a goal that Bobrovsky yeah, doesn't but, give up on those same post plays or what you know, have you. Just because he has the ability to make those saves doesn't mean he would have. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's something we always. I mean, can Vasilevsky should Vasilevsky have done better on that long shot from Verhage? Probably, if, but I mean, what goal? But Vasilevsky's best goal in the world. So. If if Dreger was in the net, if Quinville picked to start Dreger the series, and Dreger had that exact game, everything was the exact same way, every single thing. I would say to keep the same goal and keep Dreger playing. I, I can't blame you know, goalies. I, I saw that to somebody last night, and I, I just said how that was bad goalie for Bobrovsky. I'm like, how are you supposed to criticize the goaltending when the game is that high-skilled and the other goalie who is the best in the world gave up four goals, and I can't blame him for any of them. And it's just it's – just And a, also, we I, saw it, Tristan Jari kind of lose the game for Pittsburgh earlier in the day. We know what, it, what bad goaltending is when we see it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I – I'm not saying Bobrovsky still like Dreger can't be the goalie by the end of game two. I'm not saying that's not possible. I'm not saying that Quinville won't even start Dreger in game two and it still might work out. Like that can still work out. I'm just saying my opinion is I wouldn't make the change. I don't think it's the right time. I I said that you gotta give Bobrovsky two starts, five or six periods, and I'm sticking to it because from what I've seen, there's no reason to, to make a move to deviate from the plan. Don't send panic. Don't, you know, if you, the teams that win to the cup are the teams that get the buy-in up and down the roster from everybody where people don't question, you know, I, I don't want to sound like, you know, weird about this, but they don't question what the system is. They don't question what they're doing. They just go out and do it. And it's kind of automated. And so to deviate from the plan too much to change things up too much at this early that's putting a lot of risk into that energy level that team cohesion uh that management of the game that we saw for the majority of it you know you you could throw that all out the window if you do too much and, and you know they were right there after one loss where you lost in a game that probably should have gone overtime don't panic like this is not the time to panic even at yeah, two nothing, no panic. And then in overtime, what is what is overtime really? It's just you, it's you, 
most likely you're going to win or lose on a bad bounce or whatever, and that's basically would have could have been the same result as as what happened yesterday. It, would, it wouldn't have changed. It wouldn't have changed my thought on the game, and so that's that's what I think. And let's see how they respond in game two. So that is the game one real, hockey recap. Real, real quick, um, for the a couple of things I'm looking at is uh, what are they going to do um, with, with the the Bennett replacement. Uh, and the second thing is, will they make the adjustment uh, with their defense and, and be a little more mindful, or are they going to continue leaning into uh, that aggressive uh, style, um, e- even when they have leads late in the third? Um, those are the two things I'm really looking at. Uh, and I, I would say, based on last night's game, um, Wenberg is due to break out. I think he's going to... He's going to do some good things. If he, if he ends up playing with Huberto and Tippett, I wouldn't be surprised. For uh, but but if if he has to for Bennett to, if Bennett gets suspended, so who would you have replacing him in the lineup very quickly? Uh, I think you bring in Denisenko and you bring Wenberg up to that second line. You put Denisenko on that first line with Barkov, and you have Huberto, Duclair, Wenberg on that second line. Um, and then on that fourth line, I'd probably have Marchman, Achari, Hornquist. Um, so then that gives you what? Vertrano. Yeah, who plays at center, though? <laughs> Tippett. And, uh, I mean, you have Lostrain, you have Lamico, you have a char that you can bump up and, and backfill. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. If you if you did something, like, yeah, you could put in Lamico or Lostrain, and but, I think Lamico I mean, would be the guy. I bring in the guy with the most skill, and Denisenko is somebody that can play on these board battles, can play in this tempo. Um, and I think with the way Barkov and Huberto are playing, you give them that skill, and you Tippett let had a decent and game last night. Drop too. down, you know, as much as what you need. Um, Don't disagree with that. So that is uh, after an exhausting game one, but a really, really fun game one. Uh, we will see you after game two, and hopefully, it has a better result.